Welcome to Us and Kids. This podcast is about how to stay married forever while you parent together. I am your host, Jan Talon, and I am a marriage and family therapist, a mom, and a grandma. I will share with you my professional knowledge and thoughts and real-life experiences about how to have a great marriage even while you parent together. A new course is coming out soon, the DNA for Fun and you will find access to that on the Us and Kids website. It will expand on the ideas from these podcasts and give you great tools and skills for your marriage and for being with your kids. I hope that you will join us there too. I am glad that you are here to listen, learn, and lean into these ideas for creating some of the best relationships you can have. Let's get started. Today, our podcast is about Alive After Five. This is part one of a two-part series around the number five and why five is important for the connections in your marriage and with your kiddos. This Alive After Five is about the first five years of development for our kiddos from birth to around age five. A little disclaimer, there is no way that I can talk to you in the next 10 or 12 minutes about everything that happens in the first five years. So let's think of this as an overview. And from there, over the next run of podcasts over time, you will hear more about specific stages within these first five years, but I wanted to just give you the start. So the number five things that we know that have five in them that are significant. We have five senses. So do our little ones. There are five Chinese elements and five Olympic rings. Our kiddos, we hope, have five fingers on each hand and five little toes. And they will think that going five miles an hour on their bike is really fast. We might think so too, but they might be five when they're doing that. By the time our kiddos are five years old, about 85% of their brain is developed. That's a good portion of it, but there's 15% to go, and you will have influence even after five years old. When they are first born, the primary foundations for their brain, the architecture of their brain, sort of the basic format for it, is being formed they will grow about 1 million new neural connections every second during the first few years of life. Now, just, I can't do the math. Think about that math. For you that are mathematicians, think a little bit more about that math. This is just amazing. More than 1 million new neural connections. Now, don't throw your hands up and say, there are so many happening that I can't keep track of them that I won't have any influence. Instead, face the other direction. Oh, the influence I can have on these neural connections. I can teach my kid and give the basic architecture for their brain early on. Long before they really even realize what's happening, you are busy impacting how their little brain is developing. A lot of honor in that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes for me, a little bit humbling, like, 
Ooh, how do I get to interact with something as precious as this that's changing so quickly? And how can I do it so that my little one is really happy with what I've done in their first five years of life? We'll remember some basics here. For you as a mom and a dad, that importance of being consistently there as you can, being present when you are there as much as you can, careful on the blame and the shame, as much as you can, and helping your little one develop the knowledge and the trust that you are there for them, whether it's responding to their cries, their need for dry diaper or comfort or food, care for a tummy ache or an earache, a need to play or to just be snuggled one last time before they go to sleep. Those things are so important in those first few years of life. We don't need parenting like yes and no kind of things at this stage. We just need you to be present and available and as helpful as you can be. I agree, it's not always possible to know what our little one is trying to communicate. And sometimes they do just have to cry it out. And sometimes you do have to take care of something else. And you can't fully tend to them in the moment. So they might sit on your hip or they might be bouncing in the, um, in the bouncy chair for a minute while you take care of typing something out. That is part of real life. The other part of real life is being really there for them. What are they learning while you interact? They are learning that you, and they will extrapolate this to other human beings, are trustworthy. They will learn that they can have confidence because you're going to say, you can do it. You can do it. There's a little girl where I live down the way a little bit. Her name is Lucy. She um, is just darling and you can see her and you can hear her when she tries something new. She goes and she talks out loud to herself and she goes, you can do it, Lucy. You can do it, Lucy. It's so cute. And you know what? She talks herself into it. You can hear parents and other people around saying, you can do it, Lucy. And Lucy does. It builds that confidence. Confidence builds that curiosity of wanting to try the new things. This curiosity and this confidence, false or dangerous or wonderful, is normal development. And we want to nurture that as a part of a base for their brain because it's going to lead into problem-solving skills. The love and attention that you give to them, the affirming that their emotion is real and you're going to pay attention to it, helps them to build empathy later on. As they learn how to play and how to explore, they build that fine motor skill and that large motor skill. But that gives them the confidence that they know they can control their body and get it to do what they want it to do so they can accomplish the goal they had in mind. As they learn how to share and move out of that egocentric stage where it's all about me, which is what it's supposed to be in the first part, it is supposed to be all about them. Okay, their brains won't know how to share before they're three. They might be able to play next to somebody, but really sharing with an attitude that says, here, this is for you, probably a little bit later. It's built on the premise that they've learned that they can trust the humans around them. 
that when they share something, the human will share it back. And in these first five years, they're also learning emotions and some of the words to the emotions. They're learning that they can be happy and sad and all sorts of things in between. And we give them permission to feel those things. We help them name it or label it. As we do, and we care for them, we say, Oh, you're so sad. Don't Grandpa and Grandma have to go bye-bye again? And we snuggle with them, and we rock them, and we wave bye-bye, and we blow Grandpa and Grandma kisses. You know what? We're teaching them empathy. It's in these places, in this first five years of life, that our kiddos are learning from us and our other consistent caregivers how to move forward into the next five years and 10 years and many years of life after that. Now, what I want you to get from this is that your kiddos are growing and changing. You have influence. Work to be the best self you can be. Sometimes my best self certainly was a C minus. Be nice to yourself. Make yourself as best you can be but give your kiddos the best that you have at the moment. You are a good mom, you are a good dad, and you're working hard. These first five years have so many changes in it for your kiddos. And then in the next podcast, Alive After Five Years of Parenting is meant for how do you take care of that marriage relationship. I look forward to enjoying the conversation with you about your marriage, but also now in the Facebook group, sharing the conversation about how your little ones have impacted your life and what your favorite way of watching them grow has been. Thank you for joining us. You are welcome to subscribe to this podcast so you get it easily and sharing it with other people. Thank you for joining. Bye-bye.